Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Lance Witt. Lance is a veteran leader who has over four decades of leadership experience at different churches and organizations. He is the mind behind the 40 Days of Purpose campaign, author of multiple books, and the creator of Replenish, a ministry dedicated to helping people live and lead from a healthy soul. Today, we'll be listening in to part one of this conversation, where Lance will be speaking on the importance of paying attention to your soul and developing healthy pace and rhythm for your life. It's going to be a good one, so lean in, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. I got my intro music going. I'm excited because I got none other than Lance Witt here on the Avail Podcast with us. Lance, it's an honor to have you as a guest to talk a little bit of leadership, a little bit of soul care, how you doing and how you feel here on Avail. Oh, doing good, Verge. Good to be with you and excited to be on the podcast today. And I am uh, sitting here today in the middle of a snowstorm in Castle Rock, Colorado, and just dreaming of being where you are, <laughs> where it's sunny in Florida. Yes, sir. We definitely, it's definitely not snowing here in South Florida, but may the Lord's presence keep you warm uh, there in Colorado, you and your family. Uh, I'm excited. This is the part one of of this conversation, uh, the first episode here on the Avail Podcast, where we're going to talk about just, I, I think, an area that the Lord has not only gifted you in, Lance, but has really graced you to teach on, to communicate on. Uh, and it has to do with with really paying attention to your soul. Before we get into the meat of the conversation, I would love for our Avail audience to lean in and get to know you a little bit better. Um, uh, sure. Tell us maybe in a couple of minutes, who is Lance Witt? Yeah. Well, let me start first uh, just uh, with my family. Um, my wife and I will celebrate 45 years of marriage wow. this year, which honestly feels pretty surreal to say. I mean, I got married when I was 19, um, but yeah, 45 years. Connie is my best friend and partner in ministry, and I love doing life with her. We have two grown kids. Uh, the best thing that people could know about my kids is that they produce grandkids. Nice. And uh, so that has been an amazing thing. And what we didn't know when we moved to Colorado 12 years ago is that our kids would follow us here. And so now both of our kids and their families, all four of my granddaughters live within a mile and a half of me. So Verge, I feel like I'm kind of living the dream uh, personally. And then on the ministry side, I was a lead pastor for 20 years. Then in 1999, went and joined the staff at Saddleback Church out in Southern California with Rick Warren. I was there when uh, he wrote the Purpose Driven Life book, mm. and that was a game changer for him, our church, and brought a ton of opportunity, but also a lot of pressure and chaos, and mm. that's a big piece of my story. And was there for seven years, um, but we always say serving at Saddleback, it counts as dog years. Like, you know, it, <laughs> it may have only been seven years, but it felt a lot longer. And then in late 2006, left, and uh, then in 2007, pretty dramatic call uh, to do what I'm doing now was the genesis of uh, the ministry I'd lead called Replenish, and the mantra of my ministry is to help people live and lead from a healthy soul. And I, I always point out, I think the order of that's really important. Like <laughs> we got to focus first on how we're living and then out of a, a rich, flourishing life, wow. 
and the overflow of that we lead. And so I've been doing that for 17 years, trying to come alongside leaders and have conversations and best practices that help them actually flourish from a, from a healthy soul. Yeah, I love that. And and for all the Avail audience out there, uh, I can testify um, being at conferences, pastors' conferences, church leaders' conferences, and really being blessed by by you, Lance, and by um, by your teachings, by the books that you've written. Um, you know, we, I don't think we have time to go into all those books, but replenish high impact, uh, high impact healthy teams. Team. Oh yeah. man, high impact teams, um, which is another aspect of what you do. At replenish and of course your one life which will probably obviously i think on the topics we're going to touch on in this conversation um is, is connected there but but let, let's let's just talk about let's talk about the heart of what you just said right now paying attention to our souls it's it's so easy to to, to focus on the superficial part what everybody else right. sees um let's talk about that yeah, so I think it's really connected to my story, Verge, because mm-hmm. um, I, as a type A sort of driven, you know, leader, always wanting to go hard, to make a difference, to achieve, you know, hopefully to achieve for the sake of God's glory and the yeah. advancement of the kingdom. But the result is you just end up being a doer. And so you never take time to think about the being side of life and who you are in your soul. And so Mm. I always tell people like theologically, obviously as a pastor, I would have known I had a soul. I would have known that Jesus died for my soul and that someday my soul was going to be forever with God in heaven. I, I, I preach that. I teach that. I get it. What escaped me was that I should actually pay attention to my soul and that just like my soul needs shepherding and transformation like my external life. Mm. Um, I I really didn't pay any attention to that. And I feel like a lot of our church's discipleship strategies are really nothing more than behavior modification. Mm. Like just change how we live externally. But what we don't get at often is some of the deeper internal stuff in me that needs to be changed that are rooted in my family of origin are rooted in, you know, faulty narratives that I constantly say to myself. And so, you know, and by the way, I think this is very biblical. Like it flows in all that Jesus said that the Christian life is inside to outside. It always moves from root to fruit, from the invisible Mm. to the visible. It's why Solomon said, above everything else, guard your heart, guard your Mm. inner life. And so there's a quote I use a lot. And again, man, we can spend our whole session on this one thing, but uh, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll make it quick. So there's a, a quote I use a lot from Parker Palmer. He says, a leader has a special responsibility to pay attention to what's happening inside himself or herself lest the act of leadership do more harm than good. Wow. And I think when you sit with that, that really is profound because he's saying, if you and I don't learn to pay attention to our inner lives, we run the risk of prostituting this sacred gift of leadership influence Hmm. and in the end do more harm than good. And man, have we seen that in spiritual leadership, ministry leadership over the last 15 Hmm. or 20 years, gifted leaders, influential leaders who lost their way, because they didn't pay attention to their inner life. And so it's a big deal. 
Yeah, this is good. I, I love what you're touching on. And I love, as you know, our Avail audience, we're talking to Christian leaders, you know, a lot of them pastors, yeah. ministry leaders, Christians who have some kind of influence or position, even in the marketplace. And, um, and I think so often we are tempted to focus on the things that are on the outside, right? Um, yeah. How do we, how do we increase our self-awareness about our inner life. Cause, cause you, like you said, we all believe it. We all preach it. We all yeah. tell other people about it, but how do we take steps into increasing uh, self-awareness about where we are and how we're doing? Yeah. Well, there's two, two primary responses in my mind. When you ask that question, the first one I would not advise. The first one is to have a crash, to hit the wall, <laughs> to burn out. Right. And that's some of my story coming out of Saddleback. Like I wasn't leading myself well. And I always tell people that that season of my life was both the most intoxicating and toxic all at the same time. Like wow. I, um, as a type A driver, compulsively busy person, getting a job at, like I had at Saddleback was like an alcoholic getting a job at a bar. It wasn't a good <laughs> combination. And so I was on the path to blowing up my life, to, you know, my marriage potentially falling apart. And so, you know, I think one way and a way a lot of us, God gets our attention about this, is we tend to have a moment of crisis. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's the only way. That's not the, the best way. And especially, I think, for young leaders, I want to be a person who has a voice into their world saying, hey, there's a different way. And the yeah. Second way I think you raise self-awareness is you got to slow down mm. and you have to begin to examine and let the Holy Spirit begin to reveal things to you about broken places inside of you. And honestly, Verge, I get to deal with a lot of leaders and I think their biggest lid is not their communication style. It's not their leadership strategy. It really is their lack of self-awareness. Wow. And, you know, whatever's in us internally always leaks out externally, right? Yeah. Yep. And when you've got broken junk in you and dysfunction in you and old patterns from your family of origin, uh, they tend to spell out on your spouse, on your kids, on your wow. team. And so um, I, I think, but, but man, when you are a driver, and again, a lot of people who are going to listen to this podcast you're a leader. And as a leader, you're a driver and you make things happen and you get stuff done. And so one of the things that's hard for leaders is to slow down long <laughs> enough to actually let God, you know, expose and then begin to heal and transform some of those things internally. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, in a moment, I want to jump into pace and rhythm. I know this is, yeah, really important. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but before we go there, I've heard you talk about triggers, right? Some, some things that are important to consider could be triggers in our, in our, in our, in our life, you know, in our relationships. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are some, some triggers or some things that maybe, Hey, hey this is a red light. This is a, this is a, something that, that if I don't pay attention to, could become could become one of these crises or crashes. Yeah. I think I think first of all I'd say you you've got to be curious about yourself and your own soul and like why do certain things trigger you? Like you come out of a conversation or a meeting with someone and you go, okay, why did I just get defensive? Hmm. What's behind that? What's going on? Um or 
why do I compulsively always say yes to everything and constantly overschedule myself? Like wow. what's going on in my soul? Because often the external response is only the symptom of a deeper issue, right? And right. I remember one day um, I have always like been very obsessed with productivity and managing my time and schedule. And so one day I was working on my calendar and it was like the Holy Spirit just took the spotlight off my calendar, put it on my soul. And just began, I just began to hear these questions in my spirit. So Lance, why are you always so compulsively busy? Why do you hmm. overcommit all the time? Why do you care so much what everybody thinks of you? Like what's, this isn't a calendar issue. This is a soul care issue. Wow. So I think some common triggers are when you get irritable, when you get defensive, uh, when you feel deflated and defeated, um, maybe when you feel insecure um, in a moment, right? So, but I think part of your journey is learning to understand what does trigger you. And then the deeper question is why? why? And and so then you begin this journey of becoming more self-aware. And, you know, I love that statement that self-awareness is your best defense against self-deceit. And, and the more you understand the triggers, you're, you're, I always say all of us have these internal narratives, right? The, the story that we're yeah. telling ourselves over and over again, and we all have them. And some of them we picked up from bad experiences in our life. Some of them we picked up maybe from good parenting, but a lot of us picked up our narratives from, you know, a family of origin that left us right. with issues, right? Like, so my dad was a great Christian man, but one of his highest, uh, you know, values was responsibility. So the narrative I picked up early on in my life was work hard be responsible, achieve. That's how you succeed. And that's how right. you get love. Right. So when, when that's the story you constantly tell yourself, you're going to always focus on externals and you're only as good as your latest achievement. Well, just being able to identify that verge and call <laughs> it and name it has been so helpful in me being able to deal with it. Now, I think I'm probably going to deal with this the rest of my life, right? Mm -hmm. But I found some ways to head it off at the pass and to keep it from being so dysfunctional in my life. But it is because over years, I've been working mm -hmm. to slow down, be more introspective, listen, be able to be quiet. And God has used that as he's been working on me from the inside out. I love this conversation. Um, I, I have to admit, a little bit of conviction right now, but that's okay. I, I'm still, I still feel, I still feel <laughs> hey, like me my too. friend. Me too. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's transition into, into really unpacking the concept of pace and rhythm because everything you're saying, I think most of us as leaders can relate to because we do want to get things done and, and we do have things to do, um, but not, not at the expense of our, of the health of our souls. Um, talk to us a little bit about, because uh, you mentioned, you know, really, Part of part of self awareness is slowing down, uh, and that's connected to our pace, you know, our rhythm of life. Can you just unpack that a little bit, a little bit for us? 
Christian leaders around the world are taking advantage of their free annual subscription to the Avail Journal. After all, each one of us should be taking the next step in our leadership journey. When you sign up for a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, you'll enjoy interviews, articles, resources, and much more. For more information and to get subscribed today, visit availjournal.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I love talking about this because it's been such an important part of my own journey. And, you know, I think, again, if you are a leader, you tend toward workaholism, overcommitment, <clears throat> saying yes to too many things, mm -hmm. um, opportunities that come your way. And so I always think it's important in this discussion, especially with leaders to go, hey, we're not you know, trashing hard work, right? Hard work matters. In fact, even if you go back to the beginning when Genesis, you know, and God establishes this thing of Sabbath, um, he created, he worked, he produced for six days mm -hmm. before he rested on the seventh. And so hard work is good. But I think what we want to learn is this biblical rhythm that God established with, which is work really hard and then rest, rest really hard, you know, <laughs> produce really well, and then unplug really well. And I think one of the reasons is that a lot of us walk around pretty exhausted is we don't do either one fully. Like we sort of work, but we're, we're sort of distracted. We're sort of, uh, you know, fiddle our time away on social media. <laughs> and then when we're off, we're not really off. We're still plugged into email. Mm -hmm. We still are on our phone all the time. And so We've not learned this. And I really do think it is a biblical rhythm yeah. where God said work, then rest. And I think in America, what we tend to do is like, man, we just go crazy. We burn out, exhaust ourselves, and then we go for a two-week vacation. And nothing wrong with a two-week vacation, but I think God would say, you know what? I have a better strategy, and that strategy is every week to have a rhythm yeah. that includes work and then rest. And so, um, I, you know, this has been a really big challenge for me because I am a person that doesn't relax well. I'm always got a bit of a restless spirit and I like being active. <laughs> so when I first got introduced to this idea of Sabbath, and I would say if there's been one thing that's been the game changer in my life when it comes to pace and rhythm, it is embracing Sabbath and yeah. rest. But I got to tell you, as a driven leader, at first I hated it. Because, Virgin, even if I cleared my calendar <laughs> and tried to slow down on the outside, on the inside, I was still restless. I always describe it like I was a, a car that was in park but the engine was on and I was flooring the gas pedal. So it may not have looked like I was doing much on the outside, but internally my RPMs were still redlining. And so, um, but over time, I've learned how to slow down my soul and slow down my schedule and my commitments and practice like I want to work hard and want to be productive. But I now I'm at this place in my life where I go, hey, Sabbath is coming. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we just, my wife and I just got back from Israel. I was doing some ministry there. Plus we did some touring. It was my first time to ever be there. And, you know, nationally, they actually, like the country stops at sundown on Friday night. Friday. 
Mm-hmm. And so they have it built in where Sabbath is part of the culture. But it was interesting dealing with people who do ministry in Israel and how even though they shut down as a culture, they still could be busy as people in ministry, right? And not experience a life-giving Sabbath. But I really do believe that God has this principle of a one in seven principle mm-hmm. where I would have a day that I unplug. And, I, and I'll just walk through these real quick, Verge, but there's five words I use as a template to think about how people could practice Sabbath, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's prepare, stop, rest, delight, and worship. So prepare is there's some work involved in getting ready not to work like getting it on your calendar, getting your chores and the have-to stuff out of the way so that when you get to that start of Sabbath, you can actually unplug. And then to stop. Like the the word Sabbath, Shabbat, literally in Hebrew just means to quit or to stop. So what would it look like for you to stop from work, from obligation, from the stuff that's draining to you, the stuff that you you know, have to do? What would it look like for you to stop for Mm -hmm. 24 hours? And then rest, because it is a day of rest. It's it's a day, it's the Hebrew word manuha, which means to delightful repose, tranquility. Mm-hmm. And I think it is physical rest, but I think it's also experiencing shalom, that peace and rest in your soul. Yeah. But then the fourth word I use is delight. I always ask leaders when I teach on this, what is life giving to you? What puts life in your tank? And Sabbath is a great day to do that. And you go, well, I, and I have people say to me, well, I love to work. I'm going, okay, well, find some other things that put life in your job, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so what's life giving to you? What fills you up? Identify that and, and schedule that into your Sabbath. By the way, I don't think Sabbath means you got to sit around in your recliner and just take naps all day long. I think it's okay to still be active, but it ought to include being at rest. Yeah. And then the last word I use is the word worship because it is a Sabbath unto the Lord. And so Sabbath ought to be a day where we have more unhurried time to sit with the word of God, to pray and to linger over gratitude and to take a walk and just reflect on God's goodness. Like it ought to be an unrushed time. It ought to be quality time with our Savior. So anyway, when I think about rhythm and rest, Sabbath, if I could give one kind of practical strategy, that would be it. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of us, um, maybe in our leadership wiring and, and, and from, from so many years of doing and doing, um, we don't see pace as a soul care issue. We see right. pace as a time management issue, as a organizational uh, issue. But but you're challenging us today to, to to see pace as caring for my inner life, for my soul. And I, I you know, you've also mentioned the concept of of having rails or boundaries. Uh, yeah. can, can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I I think um, you know you need to establish like what would it look like. Here's a great question for you to have with your family: What would it look like for us to have a healthy pace of life? Like, what do we need to say no to? Like, I think there's this pressure today for parents to have their kids in three, four, five extracurricular activities and sports and sports coaches. And mm-hmm. I'm going, really, do you have to do that? Yeah. Maybe there's a better way rather than our kids just being absolutely exhausted all the time. And a guardrail would be like, 
okay, each kid gets one extracurricular activity. Mm -hmm. Or another guardrail would be like, um, we do dinner together as a family five nights a week. Okay. Here, I'll give you a couple more I think are, have been game changers for me, Verge. And I really picked these up from uh, Greg McEwen's book, Essentialism. But he talks about one is having an opportunity filter. And a lot of leaders, because you get it done, people, a lot of opportunities come your way. A lot of people invite you to do things. And having an opportunity filter, like, what is the criteria that I would use to say yes to something? Hmm. And I always feel like as a pastor, especially, I had a faulty, what I would call theology of availability. Like, <laughs> I was supposed to always be available. But I challenge you to go to the Gospels and look at the life of Jesus. He was not always available. Right. Right. And so I think to have an opportunity filter and go based on your wiring, your calling, your season of life with your family, um, what are the opportunities you should say yes to? And by the way, I think part of this is learning to embrace your limits as a gift from God. Mm. Limited time. You don't have all the spiritual gifts. Your season of life is a limitation. Your health might be a limitation. And part of a healthy life is learning to actually see those limits as wow. guardrails from God that help me stay in a healthy place. The, the last uh, guardrail I just mentioned is learning to not say yes in the moment, right? How many times have somebody asked me and I go, yeah, sure, of course I'll do that without really taking time to consider like, what's the impact on my schedule? Uh-huh. Uh, because rarely in the moment do I fully understand everything I'm saying yes to, right? Sure. It allows me to step back so put space between somebody's request of you to do something and your agreement to do it. I think those could be like practical guardrails that are going to help rhythm and pace be more healthy for me. Yeah, this is such a good conversation. Um, I, I think we need to wrap up this first part because we're going to have a second part, Lance. We're going to have a part two to this All conversation. Right. And uh, and I'd love I'd love for you to just mention uh, one of your most recent books is your one life, right? right? Which is all about, Hey, if there's something you need to steward, it's your life. Right. And I want to uh, point people in the direction of this book. Can you, can you maybe say a few lines of, of what was on your heart when you wrote that book? Well, one, I'm in my sixties now and I'm starting to think about like, I have four granddaughters, two that mm -hmm. are 10, two that are eight. Like, what would I want them to know about what does it look like to live a well-lived, rich, meaningful life? Wow. So so some of it is just six decades of being on the planet. <laughs> if I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with somebody, what would I say to them about what I've learned, both mistakes as well as places where I've been, uh, have had some success about what it means to live life. Because here's the thing that starts to hit when you get to be my age, Vert, uh -huh. is you realize like, man, the clock is ticking. <laughs> and you get one shot at your one and only life, mm. right? And there's no, like, there's no do-overs, no mulligan, no, no second go-round. Like, you get one shot mm -hmm. at this thing called life and man, the, the days are clicking off and, you know, I was, kind of the signature verse of the book is Psalm 90, 12, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. Like I need to stare in the face, like I've got limited time and I want to make sure I'm living life well. And so the book is really just how do you live 
a rich and meaningful life with the one and only life that you've been called to steward. I love this. Leaders, you must add this to your leadership library and resources. The book is Your One Life by yours truly, Lance Witt. <laughs> um, this book, where can they get it, Lance? What's the best place to find it? Yeah, best place. I mean, you can get it most places where books would be sold, but I would, you know, Amazon is, and you can probably get it a little cheaper on Amazon. So that's where, you know, probably 90% of the people who buy the book mm -hmm. get it is from Amazon. And you can go to my website, replenish.net, and there's a way there to link to buying the book as well. Yeah, that's good. Uh, here at Avail, we always want to put resources in your hands as leaders. This resource, uh, Lance Witt's book, Your One Life. By the way, his other books are extraordinary as well. Add them to your leadership library. Uh, we, we, this is our heart at Avail. We produce a, a book monthly for your leadership library. We produce the quarterly Avail journal or Avail leadership magazine, as you can see, always bringing some great content. We think we think, Lance, that it's good to put resources in our leaders' hands. Yeah. The Avail Journal, this comes out quarterly. If you're listening, you're watching, by the way, you can get one year for free on us. Claim your free annual subscription by going to availjournal.com, availjournal.com. I can imagine, Lance, in your leadership journey, there's a lot of things you read that helped you along your journey. Uh, yes, a lot. And some of them are behind me right now, you know, just all the books and, and stuff I've read. But yes, I love good podcasts, good articles. Yep. Huge yeah. blessing. So That's thanks good. for doing that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't done so, availjournal.com, you can get your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal. As we close off this first part of our conversation, this first podcast, Lance, uh, what do you want to leave on leaders' hearts as they're leaning in right now? They're, 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 processing everything you shared what's one final nugget you want to leave on their hearts um i think it would be around this issue of pace and rhythm and i think just to take a long-term view like you're not going to solve this probably in week one but this is worth fighting for and i'll just leave you with kind of just this statement you can't live life at warp speed without warping your soul Woo. And so if you're going to have a healthy soul, you're going to have to learn how to slow down and have a life-giving rhythm and pace. I love it. You heard it, everybody. Drop the mic. That's Lance Witt. You can't live life at a warped speed without warping your soul. Truth is spoken. Uh, Lance, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, uh, Martine Van Tilburg from our Avail team, everybody else behind the scenes here at Avail. We just want to honor you and thank you uh, for leading well and for being such an instrument in God's hands to, to encourage us. We bless you. We honor you, brother. Thank you, my friend. Great to be with you today. Grateful for you and your friendship. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. I hope you've been encouraged by this episode. You know, every Tuesday, a new podcast episode drops here. We talk leadership. We talk life. It's an honor. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. We're one church, two languages. And I'm your host on this Avail podcast every week. We love everybody. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Lance Witt. You can find out more about Lance by going to replenish.net. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, 
Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast. <laughs>